Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit Toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. Look, you already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they are delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Download the Total Beverage app and use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your next order of $50 or more. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. Go. I'm, it's too late. I'm already going. You'll you'll never let go, Jack. <laughs> what a lie! She let go immediately. Yeah, it's true. She was like, "Oh, what's that? You're of no use to me." Peace. Yeah, I was gonna say. Instead of just letting him up on the on the door, which totally he, could have happened. Yeah, he fit. He fit easily. Yeah, they could have cuddled for the first time. I guess second time because they did it in the car. But no, no. She had to kill him. Typical. <laughs> it's a dark start to this podcast. Welcome in. <laughs> this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined alongside, again, for its draft, or it's, uh, it's trade deadline season. We're calling him the BSN Avalanche insider, AJ Hayfley. Just a little, keep... a little much, P.S. Hey. Hey, we're just trying to keep pace with uh, with all the big guys, right? They all have insiders. We need an insider as well. Uh, I actually might even get you a business card that says that. Okay. I mean, that's a little much, but that's cool. Actually, I'm going to get you a, a – well, I guess Dre kind of took over your desk. I was going to say I'm going to get you like a desk plaque that says AJ Hayfley, insider. Nice. We're here I, to like, talk I like that it just says insider. It doesn't say insider to what. So it's nope, nope. totally leaves me open-ended to say what I'm an insider of. Exactly. It's it's whatever the question being asked is, that's what you're an insider of. Whatever's happening immediately in front of you, that's it. We're here to talk some avalanche hockey. 
That's what he is the insider of, obviously. Not the Islanders, like he just tweeted and it came up on my phone. AJ! Getting asked about our favorite uh, other non-Avalanche teams. I, uh, you guys have been having an all day long conversation in my mentions. It's been, it's been just great. That's because you tagged me in something and I dared to respond to it like the one time. I know. I know. And now we're in it. We're both in it together. Just, uh, AJ, the Avs kicked the crap out of the Winnipeg Jets last night. Where do you want to, where do you want to start? There's so much to unpack with this game. Where where would you like to start? Uh, I mean, that's the best game they've played all year. Yeah, you think so? Start to finish. Yeah, I mean, they should have had the shutout. Oh, that sucked, right? They got it. They got it stolen from them. So let's let's actually start there. For those of you that don't know what he's talking about, uh, the Winnipeg Jets scored a goal on the power play. The puck was was hiding. Uh, in between Semyon Varlamov's legs, the ref blew the whistle and the puck crossed the line. They went to review, and apparently there is a new rule in place that is essentially trying to keep the, the, the spirit of the rule alive. Should that puck have crossed the line legally before the ref blew the whistle because it was loose? Yes. But the ref did blow the whistle, so based on the old ruling, it shouldn't have counted. Sorry, not that sorry, but with this new rule change, they implemented <laughs> and they said, they said, hey, look, we believe that that puck would have crossed the line on its own without the ref blowing the whistle. It was a live puck, so they went ahead and allowed it. Again, I mean, the score was 7-1. to one. Didn't really matter other than Varley could have had back-to-back shutouts. Yeah, and you know the way I uh, the way I looked at it is, hey, officiating cost each team a goal, so it's all good. Because mm. you know the Avs' first goal, they had too many men on the ice, which they totally oh, yes, got yes, away yes. with. Yep. Um, the officials just straight up missed it, and uh, so hey, if Varley's shutout streak had to end, so there could be a little uh, karmic justice in the universe. Right. I'm down. Yeah. Just uh, don't so about, don't let that don't let that noise come back in another game where they don't need the you know where the goal matters a little bit more. Right. So let's actually let's let's just move forward saying that it was six to nothing, and that <laughs> way we start putting that out into the universe. Uh, I'm down. Uh, let's talk about about the the big one that I think everyone is interested in right now. Tyson Jost. <clears throat> uh, man, the kid looks like a different player. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this two of the best games we've seen him play in the NHL he's played this week. Yeah. The, the, the last two games are what I think everyone was hoping to see at the beginning of last year. And if it wasn't last year, it was the beginning of this year. Um, you, you don't know if it was maybe the demotion down to the Eagles or if you don't know what happened, but it's clicking for him right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think the, uh, line combo doesn't hurt. Yeah. I think playing next to Landis Gog and Calvert's really good. Um, I think it forces him to play, um, at a certain pace that is good for him. 
um, not not too fast, but quick enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with 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 urgency, but not recklessness. I haven't um, talked to you about so the Abs are now two and zero with these new line combos, and they've arguably arguably uh, been two of the best games they've played all year. What do you think of uh, of what Jared Bednar did with the lines? It's fine. Um, I mean, he had to do something. So um, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about it. I don't, you know, I'm not uh, I'm not getting too too up or down about line combinations either way. Those things are almost always temporary. Uh, it takes something really special for it to not be temporary. So, right, which is what you saw with the top line for so long, right? Like we got to remember that's rare. Yeah, like yeah. that they put three guys together for a like a full NHL season and a half <laughs> is pretty uncommon. Yeah, uh, around the league, so it's uh, for me. I'm I'm looking at. I'm excited, man. Uh, I think it's. Look, the optimist to me and the 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 jost believer in me uh, is saying, "Hey, maybe this is the beginning of something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if this if this leads to some sort of a, a legitimate breakout from him, uh, and and him taking the next step, you know, say say he goes, you know, he goes off and he throws he throws up eighteen nineteen points in the last twenty five games of the year or whatever." Mm-hmm. You know, that's the kind of that's the kind of finish to a season that makes you say, well, maybe they don't need a two C. Right, right. You know, maybe maybe they can get away with McKinnon, Jost, and Soderberg down the middle, and then, you know, your approach to free agency is a little different. Your approach, you know, you're looking for that that wing to play next to you know, that, you know, okay, Jeff Skinner or Mark Stone or a Panarin, you know, whatever. You go big game hunting at the wing. Yeah. Uh, and not worry so much about what's down the middle. Um, you know, if you want to trade Tyson Berry, then you you do that. And you can have the luxury of, you know, maybe you want a Kasperi Kapanen or a William Nylander or, a, you know, whatever, whatever wing might be available from somebody else. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, um, Mike Hoffman or a Jonathan Uberdo, you know, something like that. Um, you mentioned, uh, you mentioned another name there for the abs, Carl Soderberg. That's who I want to talk about next. I don't know if I'm cutting you off there. That's fine. Uh, Carl Soderberg, three points from him last night. That gives him 37 on the year. Uh, that line looked good last night. Carl Soderberg, Miko Rantanen, Matt Nieto, uh, Carl Soderberg. We're, we're getting, what have you thought of Carl Soderberg this whole season and, and, and last night, especially? Um, I mean, I think he's outplayed the production that he's had this year. So you think he could have even more points? Yeah. You know, I think if he was playing like a true, like second line, uh, you know, if, if Colorado had that, the, that kind of deployment, potential to, to actually throw out like here are here here's you know you have your top six and Soderbergh's playing with those guys you know when he's playing next to Kerfoot or he's playing next to Wilson or he's playing next to Comfer um you know 
there's just no, you know, and, and then he spent most of the year next to Nieto and Calvert. Like those aren't, those aren't top six guys. Right. You know, both, both Matt Nieto and uh, Matt Calvert are on pace for 30 point seasons, you know, or, or just outside of them. Like both of those guys are having very respectable years, right? JT Comfer has got 24 points in 44 games. So, you know, but those guys, I think, um, I think those guys are, you know, I think those are third, fourth line guys yeah. on like, on like good, deep, deep teams. Yeah. Um, and those guys have done their jobs. Like Matt Nieto and Matt Calvert have done what they've been asked to do. Oh, hundred percent. And Soderberg, you know, it's funny with Comfer. I feel like Comfer is, is kind of Soderbergian in that way. Where I feel like if he's got really good line mates next to him, he could he could definitely give you, you know, a fifty five point year. But if he doesn't, uh, and if and if he kind of bounces around a little bit, and he's like a true like middle six guy, you know, who who should be able to give you like thirty five to forty points, depending on deployment and all those things that matter. Yeah. Uh, no, so it was, it was more good stuff from <clears throat> from Carl Soderberg. Last thing I want to talk about uh, in regards to the uh, Avs Jets game, AJ Greer, man. I mean, how did you not love that right there at the end? Yeah, I uh, uh, I went into practice today, not looking to write a story, not on the record or anything. Um, and I I started off my uh, I, I honestly I just wanted to talk to him about his tattoo, um, his full sleeve on his left arm. Um, yeah. so he and I, that's what we, we got into that. <laughs> we talked mostly <laughs> about that, uh, what it was, why he has it, all that stuff. Right. But I also asked him, I was like, what is it about playing against Winnipeg that brings this out of you? Like, why do you <laughs> love playing those guys? And he just started laughing. He was like, I don't know what it is about him, but he's a, he's a big fan. So yeah, I mean, you have to be happy for him. It'd been like 30 games. Uh, you felt like it was never going to happen. Every I'd even said earlier in the game, I was like, this dude's never going to score a goal because mm-hmm. it just it just felt like he was so cursed all the time. You know, like he would get golden opportunities and he get he gets stuffed right on the door. Somebody would make a great save, make a nice play, whatever. Or what uh, happened to him the last time he scored an NHL goal? It got called back. Yeah, right. Or, yeah, he's had it called back. So it's like it's it's just one of those things, you know, Um where it took it, it took a little while. It's kind of like when Zdorov was trying to get his first goal, and mm-hmm. we thought he had it, and then they changed it, and it turns out it went off like Andreas Martinson's hip or something. Right. And it was like, come on. <laughs> um, so sometimes, sometimes it just takes you, you know, breaking down that door a little bit, and I'm hoping that that is the that is the case uh, with Greer, and I, you know, I. I think with with Greer uh, and the way that the fourth line has been playing lately, they've been they've been impactful enough where you're they're not getting out there and just not hurting you, right? Which like if that's what your fourth line does, then okay. But if they're capable of giving you more, they get out there and they actually start accomplishing some stuff. You need to give them some more minutes. Like Greer next to Comfer on a fourth line is really intriguing. Yeah, I like that's, it. Those that that's the kind of you know maybe maybe 
not give AJ Greer six minutes of ice time and they give AJ Greer nine minutes of ice time. Right. Nine get him in that nine ten range. Right. And let him let him actually start to sink his teeth into games on a regular basis instead of this kind of hit or miss sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Because last night, seven minutes of ice time for Greer. Um and that's in a that's in a blowout. Right. You know, and, and it's weird that Agazino got the ice time he did because Agazino was really bad. Yeah, I agree. So it was, you know, uh, I loved Agazino getting the goal, getting the first of his NHL career. Um, but I, that, that fourth line center job continues to be, you know, I think, I think with these, these line combinations, it, it should continue to be comfort. Um, that underplays him, no doubt. But it, I think it just needs to continue. It, it just it spreads out the center depth in a way that makes sense and gives each line an opportunity to be dangerous. I mean, we saw Comfer. Remember, I mean, so he got the cheap assist on the seventh goal, but he was the guy that sprang the breakaway that Jost uh, drew the, for his first penalty on uh, at the end of the period where Jost, you know, almost was able to backhand a puck into an, a pretty much open net. Right. You know, and that's, that's Jost could have easily had four points had that thing gone in, you know, and he <laughs> drew two penalties uh, yeah. as it was. But like Comfer was the guy that, you know, made the, the, the nice play to, to spring himself for that breakaway at the very end there uh, that, that created that whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think, I think with going down the middle, if you have uh, McKinnon and Soderberg and Jost and Comfer, that makes sure that every line is competitive, and, and, and there's there's one guy on every line where you're like, oh, 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 oh. right, right, exactly. you know, and and maybe yeah, maybe a guy on every line might be getting overplayed. You know, Calvert next to Landeskog and and uh, Jost, not not totally ideal. Like you don't love that. You're not. It's not why you signed Matt Calvert, but you know, and 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 Nieto next to Soderberg, like you're like, okay. You know, right. so there's there's a little bit of a talent disparity there, but then you've got Ranton in on the other side, so you're just kind of like, ah, I, it's it's interesting. It's it's an interesting balancing act going on right now, and you know, I mean, even Andrew Ghetto had two points last night. Mm-hmm. You know, I just best game of the year. They were awesome last night. I mean, they that was beatdown city on Winnipeg. Like they dominated those fools. Throughout that game, there were very few moments in that game where you're like, oh, here come the Jets. This is yeah. going to be a thing. <laughs> Most of them happened when it was by, by the time the ads had gotten up for nothing. And then things got silly, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, they started, they, it started getting overly physical, started getting a little banana pants. Some guys start making decisions. The third period took like four hours to play because of it. Yep. And, you know, Nikita Zadorov is pointing at guys, like, giving them death threats and such. <laughs> and it was, you're just like, dude, like, what? Yeah. So, was... yeah. I mean, AJ, AJ Greer last night even got a little big uh, on Brendan Lemieux at the end of the game. Those guys got penalties at the 20 minute mark of the yeah. third period. So, no, it was, uh, I, I agree. I, th- I thought it was a great game, high entertainment value. Uh, and, uh, no, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, tons of fun. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, it's, and that's that's what the honestly, like that's what's been building between these two teams. Is you remember three games ago in this matchup, the Avs stomped the Jets in Winnipeg, but goaltending betrayed everything good that was happening, and Winnipeg got the two points. Last week, Colorado rolls into Winnipeg and beats them down and takes two points. Now Winnipeg comes to Colorado and just gets worked. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's not. It, there are no, there's no excuses either. It's, it's not like it's a back-to-back. It's not like it's long travel. It's not like there was a backup goalie. It's not like they had major injury issues. You know, they've been missing Ehlers for a long time now. They didn't have Bufflin, but they they had Bufflin for the the game last week in Winnipeg. So it's not, you know, it's it's not like there's a, a major excuse that you can even point to and say, well, Winnipeg is way different with. X, Y, or Z. Like, they have just whooped that ass. Yeah. No, for sure. It, it was it was really – the wave even busted out at Pepsi Center. Uh, fans, this has definitely been a uh, long time coming. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, one of the uh, – some of the people that were there taking in the game last night was the famous Euralanche – Fan club, uh, the the uh, European based uh, Avalanche fan club. They've they've been coming to Denver for years, and I sat down with their founder right after the game last night. Uh, had a nice uh, about fifteen minute conversation with him. So when we come back, that's what you'll hear. I I was really excited to be able to sit down and talk to him. Uh, he had a lot of really interesting things to say. So make sure you listen to that. Uh, we'll we'll touch on it a little bit uh, when AJ and I come back in the third segment. Uh, and then we're going to get into some trade deadline stuff. Uh, as I believe AD's got the show covered for tomorrow. So I, AJ, I think this will be the last chance you and I get to talk trade deadline uh, before before the Monday, uh, before Monday, which is the I actual think, trade deadline day. I think what we should do is maybe do like a Sunday show in case something like if, if crazy stuff starts happening around the league. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and especially, obviously, if the ads get involved. So, uh, so let me let me preface Let me let me rephrase that. This is the last time you and I are going to be able to uh, predictively talk about about yeah, trade deadline yeah, stuff. Right. Uh, anything that comes after this will be uh, reactionary. Yeah. Uh, what happened, where they went, who they went for, all that stuff. So uh, this will kind of be the last time we get to talk about that. But that does not mean we are done talking trade deadline. So when we come back. Your lunch interview, me sitting down with the uh, the founder, David. David, I don't even want to try to pronounce your last name because I know I'm going to butcher it, so I, I, I apologize. Uh, it is David. Sorry? I said it is David. Yeah, He's yeah. David of Eurolanch. David of Eurolanch. There you go. So when we come back, it's me sitting down with David of Eurolanch. Uh, Age and I will be back for the third segment. But as always, you guys, we're not letting you off the hook quite that easy. <clears throat> I, I have to remind you guys, if you guys are ever in need of a car, truck, or just any type of vehicle for a few hours or a few days, Get Around is at your service. Get Around is a car sharing app. You can literally unlock cars near you through the app. Better yet, if you have a car that's just sitting around and you want to make some extra money for your next vacation, Get Around's insurance policy and 24-7 customer service have got you covered. Go to get.co slash nuggets to save $15 off your first rental or visit 
git.co slash BSN to sign up for free to rent your car out and start making some money fast. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Why don't you tell everyone who you are and, uh, and who you're with, just in case they don't know. Uh, hi guys, I am David Puchowski from Slovakia, a small country in Central Europe. And back in 2007, I founded the Eurolanche project, like the European Fair Club of the Avalanche. But over the next years, it uh, really went to grow. Uh, it increased number of people and f- now uh, this year it's our 12th year like operations and this is uh, 11th trip to Colorado from Europe. <laughs> so awesome. Uh, so 11th trip. What made you become an Avs fan? Uh, it, it was just a coincidence. Uh, uh, when I was uh, younger, uh, my friend uh, probably knew only the Avalanche as the NHL team, so he introduced me. Uh, some players like Sekik, Frostbeck, Ryan. I just started to follow them. Yeah. So how many uh, how many guys or how many uh, people are with you on this trip? Uh, this trip ties our own record in number of participants. It's uh, 12 people, and uh, they are coming from six countries, and that's a record of, for our trips here. That's so awesome. Uh, so when you guys come out here, you guys are always, you don't just do the Avs games. You guys go everywhere. You guys go all over the place. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys pick what you want to do? Look, after so many years and uh, for me, after so many trips, I missed only one. I already know Colorado as a state, so I always always spend many weeks to prepare a schedule for every trip. And I also try to like bring something new to each year. Yeah. Uh, so you guys are going out on the road trip this weekend, right? Yes, we will fly, fly there. Uh, to Chicago, then we will rent a car, drive to Nashville, coming back and flying back to Denver. How many games are you guys going to go to total on this trip? It's eight, and it's another like record of our trip because the last was seven. All right, so uh, like you said, you guys do this every year. <clears throat> How far out do you start planning the next year's trip? Actually, the like pre-registration process is already launched. Oh wow! Because uh, the Avalanche and NHL announced uh, this out- outdoor game the oh, next yeah. year, so it's like the date we know we will be here. So we are now like uh, getting a list of the people who may have interest, and now waiting 
on the full NHL schedule so we can guess how long the trip will take. Yeah, so you guys are coming for the outdoor game next year? Yes, yes, definitely. That's awesome. Did you guys come for the last one? Yeah, yes, of yeah. course, we were here. That's awesome. Um, so uh, you, you said you've been on, this is your 10th trip, yes, right? Yes, yes. Uh, do you have like a favorite memory or I mean, is there any one moment that sticks out to you that that, that was a really cool experience, even if it wasn't, you know, an Avs game? That there are like many memories that I had to write down to the book, which was like published two years ago. So it's really hard to pick up uh, the one. But for example, uh, Invasion nine, number nine, mm-hmm. it was in in that very bad season. We watched like seven losses, all, all, all losses. <laughs> yeah. But we were such a great group of the people. We had we had really fun, and uh, I don't know if I. Can say say it, but our mini van for 12 people was like a mini bar because uh, <laughs> guys b- bought like uh, 200 uh, cans of beer, and we <laughs> and, and we were driving uh, the whole California and had fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was. Uh, I feel like I only saw losses two years ago, too, so, uh, so that's all right. Uh, you know, you like I said, you know, you guys do this so much. It's it's such a fun thing. Even when you guys, you know, when you guys are out here and they're not playing well, they haven't been good in the past. You guys, like you said, you, you guys are always here. You're always making noise. You guys all have the flags uh, of your countries and stuff. How fun is it now? Last year, now this year, you know, you and I were just talking as we walked over here. You, you got to see a couple wins, uh, and you know, especially last year, you know, they're a good team. They're playing good hockey and. and how much better does it make the trip when when they are playing well? well? Of course, if they are playing well and they have some wins, it makes the whole experience much better. And we are leaving Denver with better feeling. Uh, so we are really happy for every game the Avalanche won. For example, last year uh, we watched seven games and they never la- lost uh, a game in regulation. So it was really, really be- very good. Yeah. Uh, how long does it take you to get over here? How long is the flight from where you come? Or what? How, what's the trip? Uh, it depends, of course, on actual fares. Mm. Uh, most of the times we can get a good price for the very quick flight. It's like 15 hours from oh. Vienna to London and then a direct uh, flight to Denver. But for example, this year, uh, some part of our group uh, came here a little later. Yep. And then... Um, this road was very expensive, so they had to fly from Vienna to London to LA and back to Denver. <laughs> so it was like, for them, it was really 28 hours of traveling. You guys try to travel together as much as possible, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so everyone knows who you guys are. You know, when you, when you come to the game, they always, you know, the games, they always have you down on uh, Pepsi Vision. You guys, you know, they always talk about you on altitude. How is it that you guys you guys do that? Like today, I saw you guys were at the you know Eagles practice. You guys got some locker room access. How do you do that? How because it's it's hard for media people to get stuff like that. But you guys uh, you guys seem to know the right you know the right people. It's uh, it's a result of uh, hard working and freelancing, volunteering work of uh, twelve plus years. Uh, nothing is granted. We have to build our like brand, our name, our reputation. Uh, we have to make sure those people that they can believe us, that uh, we will not uh, like um, 
make them uh, sad or, or uh, you, you yeah, know, yeah. what I'm tra- trying to say. I got you. <laughs> so it's it's really hard to like to uh, get any be- any benefits, but we are still working, improving, and uh, we would like to maybe improve the whole uh, cooperation and for all fans. Like Eurolange is here not only for Europeans but for the uh, all uh, Avalanche fans in the world. So yeah. we, we are trying to. I get maybe more benefits for everybody to get together die-hard Avalanche fans and really support the team with no matter if they will like have a bad season or good. Uh, you guys did Global Series last year. Yes. What what was that like? What did that mean to you guys to have the Avalanche? You know this team that you guys are. You know you're a, you're you're a fan club. You know and and you make the trip overseas every year. Spend a bunch of money, take a bunch of time out. What what did that mean for you guys to have them playing two games where you live? It was another moment, another dream which uh, has come true. Uh, it, really, it was like maybe two, three hour flight, <laughs> uh, and uh, I can't compare cost for you your trip to uh, United States trip. Yeah. So we had a really great time, like. Uh, Almost six thousand of our members were there, like officially with us, but other like individual travelers were there too. So over hundred members, and um, it was really perfect because of the short traveling cost, and we had our favorite team like uh, really behind the corner. So maybe my last dream is to see the Avalanche in my hometown, hometown in yeah. Slovakia. I mean, it's not uh, it's not that crazy. You, you look around the organization, the Avs really are one of the teams that, I mean, they, they're very Euro-heavy. Uh, you know, so you get to watch guys, you know, like Landy. I saw, you know, you were with Martin Kaut today, Pavel mm. Fransuz is part of the organization. Uh, you know, obviously there's a bunch of Russians. Does that just kind of add to it for, for you know, for you guys that, that, hey, this is an organization that's not made up of Canadian and American guys exclusively that they are? You know, they do have a lot of guys that, that represent the same mm-hmm. countries you guys do. Well, of course, it's great always to have like European player on the roster, and uh, I have to say that uh, we support like every single player. But it's like a good addition to have uh, a man from Europe, even maybe from my country or Czech Republic, mm-hmm. which are, are quite similar. Uh, so we are always happy to have uh, guys, and um, we are looking forward on Kaut and Francos especially. Yeah. Uh, we are having a good relationship with them already. We've met them a couple of times. And uh, I have to say that the Avalanche management, maybe they know about the Euroleague and they bring the players because of us. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, it's uh, they're they're very aware who you, of who you guys are, and, and they've definitely been a, an organization that seemed to make a push uh, for you know for Euro guys in the last few years. Uh, I won't keep you much longer here. How'd you how'd you learn English? Uh, for for me, it was re- really hard because I'm not in the foreign languages, but I learned a little bit uh, thanks to watching the hockey games when I was young and reading stories, translating English stories uh, for the Slovak sports media, so like this. Yeah, well, you, you speak way better English than I could check. <laughs> Thank Last question here. What's what's your ultimate goal for for Eurolanch? Do you just want to just keep doing this and and, and more numbers and, and more trips, or uh, do you like the way that you guys are doing it now? It keeps it kind of special. Maybe just a little dream is like uh, to become like the official uh, fan club of the Avalanche, so the team would like recognize us 
officially and maybe start uh, to project also for North American fans. Maybe the Euroland can be like the official brand in the in the ownership of the organization. Yeah. And we would like be like coordinators of the whole project, and uh, of course bring more fans because uh, our goal is like to get fans together with no matter how the Avalanche are playing and I know many fans who told me they are they stayed like the Avalanche fans only thanks to Eurolange because we have many activities in Europe yeah. it's about uh, meeting uh, the, the fans watching or going on a trip uh, like uh, yeah yeah, yeah just team like, buildings yeah team, team building okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry yeah. sorry team buildings Uh, so that, that's our goal, but of course uh, it depends on the avalanche. And but I think it's uh, the avalanche may become the, like the first NHL team uh, that will start some European project. Yeah. And the NHL is like hungry for for Europe these days. Yep. Uh, there are many events planned for the future. Uh, there are talks between like having have uh, many more games in Europe or maybe some European division. Our whole division will play a few games in the Europe, so the Avalanche like have a chance to be the first uh, start to uh, some uh, some project with the Europe. That's awesome. Well, uh, I, I think you guys are, are a great model for a lot of fans out there. You know, we see it on Twitter all the time. If the team's not playing well, people are angry and people are are you know they're they're pissed and they want to see this and that. But you guys, you guys are here no matter what, and and. I can't tell you how awesome. Just thank you for taking time out. I know you got you have 10 other people that you got to go catch up with. So I, I well, 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 so, sorry. Yeah. One, no, more, no, one, of my, one of my favorite moments. It was like one year ago, and uh, we always want to meet Joe Sekic. And of course, uh, we, yeah. we know he's really busy, especially around deadline days. And sometimes we met him after the practice at Family Sports Center mm. but last year it was like almost end of our trip and he didn't appear there I had some, some other job uh, so I emailed him I tried yeah and uh, he answered and we really met him like at the end uh, of our trip wow. for a few minutes uh, he gave us autographs he took pictures of us asked us on our trip if we are if everything is okay so this is my, my most favorite moment of uh, the trip he's a really really good man and I, the whole fan club uh, believes in what he uh, is doing uh, for the team i i agree with you i, I believe in him too uh well thank you so much for 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 taking the time out to uh, to talk to me uh do you have any i, I know you guys have a book do you want to plug the book do you want to say anything any uh any last thoughts before we get out of here uh, book is like now gone so <laughs> oh oh never mind don't plug the book <laughs> uh well seriously thank you very much thank you thank you for having me appreciate it when it comes to insurance sometimes you never really realize how important it can be until you actually need it well here at bsn denver we recommend farmers agent bryce babcock to all of our listeners as one of the most trusted and reliable agents in the metro area if i was a customer 
looking for a new agency, I would recommend Bryce because his agency, hands down, is the fastest people I've ever dealt with to get information back to you. That was David. He's been a client of Bryce's for over three years now. I used to have my homeowner's insurance with another farmer's agency that never really followed up, never followed up on the price. My price was actually dropped by almost 20 to 30 percent switching over to Bryce, even with the same company. And like I said, his follow-up is awesome. He guarantees you at least a one-time-a-year follow-up that he will sit back and review your file with you. Like David mentioned, Bryce guarantees that type of communication because he understands how important it is to be relatable and accessible. He's a great person to not only be your agent, but he's a great person to be your friend as well. If you're interested in making the switch to Bryce Babcock for your life, home, business, or auto insurance, be sure to call 303-996-6509 and mention BSN. Third and final segment here, BSN Avalanche Podcast. Presented by Total Beverage, what you just heard, that was me, Jesse, you know and love me, sitting down with David of Eurolanch, excuse me, uh, founder, and man, AJ, you and I were kind of just talking off uh, off the air. His passion and, and the entire fan club's passion for the abs is... It's it's amazing, dude. Even if even if you're not an Avs fan, that kind of passion just for a team and a sport is it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many how many franchises have something like that? Right. I, I mean, I, I and I actually wanted to ask him, do you guys know of anybody else that's doing it? I completely forgot. Um, but I mean, I if there are other franchises that have fan bases like that, they're not as vocal, they're not as active. Uh, I mean, they. This is their eleventh time they've they've come over to to Denver or to the U.S. They don't just stay in Denver. Uh, I, I don't think there's anyone else, any other team that's that's got that kind of uh, foreign support. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy too. Like what they do when they they get over here. It's not just like, oh, hey, a bunch of us came over for two Habs home games and that's it. You know, it's like. Right. We're going to go see Colorado. We're going to go do a bunch of sightseeing in all kinds of places. We're going to go to other cities. We're going to drive between road cities. Uh, and then we're going to come back to Colorado and, and do more. And it's just like, this is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've already been to Vegas on this trip. They're uh, they're heading – they're in Chicago today. Yeah. They'll, they'll be in Nashville on Saturday before coming back for a couple more Avs home games. It's um, – it's really awesome, man. And it's what I love is how much the organization and, and altitude and, and everyone, even the fans, you know, everyone just really embraces what they do. And uh, it's awesome. I, I always. Uh, oh, and next year, man, outdoor game. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they uh, as everyone, yeah, as you guys just heard, they, they will be here for the outdoor game. And uh, yeah, man, they're, they're stoked. They, uh, they can't wait. It's, record-setting year for them this year as far as uh, number of games they're seeing and uh, number of tra- uh, travelers, number of participants uh, is, is what David calls them. So it's it's really cool, man. And, and my favorite part, you know, he mentioned in that interview, they, they came over for the 48-point season. They didn't see a single abs win, but they were at every game cheering louder than anyone else in the building. They always have, you know, the flags and, and all that stuff. It's the Eurolanch guys are what every fan should like aspire to be. They 
support the team no matter what. They're invested and they just they just love watching it. Win, lose, draw, no matter what. It's it's really awesome. It's a love affair. Yeah. What it should be, man. It's awesome. Thank you very much to uh to David for for taking the time out uh to to sit down and talk with me. I felt bad after uh, after we got done, we went down and all the other members, there's like 12 other people standing there just like waiting for him. I was like, "Sorry, sorry." Uh so I, I really do appreciate uh, David you taking the time out and 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 talking to us and letting letting everyone know letting everyone know your story and I I also did promise him I, I tried to get him to uh, to plug his book and then he was like no the the book's sold out limited run I was like ah oh, well now I look now I look like an idiot but you can uh, I mean their website is fantastic Eurolanch.com. Uh, if if you are um, if, if you do live in Europe and you're interested in, in participating in next year's invasion, uh, go go to yearlanch.com. There's there's information already on on what they're doing next year. They're uh, collecting names for for interest uh, as far as who's wanting to come out to uh, uh, come out with them for next year to uh, to the outdoor game. So yearlanch.com. And even if you don't live in Europe and you just kind of want to see what they're all about. Go to the website. It's a, it's a really well done website, and uh, believe it or not, he's even while he's on vacation over here, he's keeping it updated. So, uh, big shout out to David. Big shout out to your Lanch. Thank you guys for uh, for sitting down with us, and and thanks for being supporters of the abs. It's uh, it's great. AJ, what up? Trade deadline, one p.m. Mountain Time on Monday. Is it 1 p.m. Mountain? 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Per our own Adrian Dater and Elliot Friedman, it sounds like the Nikita Zadorov talks, uh, trade talks have subsided a bit. A lot of it thanks to Ian Cole and uh, his busted face. Yeah, I I talked to uh, a scout last night at the game. Uh, about it and he basically said we like the player um but expressed doubt that his team would ultimately be willing to pay what has been colorado's asking price so that's that so it it sounds like barring some major change between now and Monday. Um, odds are Big Z's here to stay at least through the end of the year. And Yeah, their contract negotiation this summer is going to be very interesting to watch. For sure. Absolutely. RFA again, and everyone remembers how it went last time. Yeah, well, they've got uh, arbitration this time around. So Oh, there you go. That is, of right now, that feels like the most predictable RFA uh or arbitration getting resolved. Yeah. Uh, like a day before the meeting or something. Have the abs put themselves back in a position to be buyers here on Monday or leading up to Monday? No. What do you think the abs do? Do you think they just stand pat? Do they <laughs> add around the fringes or uh, do they take a shot? I don't see them going big. Um, why would they? You could you flip know, that and say, "Why wouldn't you?" You're, you're. 
Why? Well, I mean, <clears throat> why would they when they've got a bunch of young pieces that they can add reasonably add to this group over the next two years that they don't have to go out and really do anything other than draft and develop? Yeah. Um, and you know, this is going to create a couple a couple of different waves for them. You know, Makar is going to be here next year, and then <clears throat> you know maybe maybe Hughes Kakao joins them. Uh, just a statistical probability. It's it's likely that they whoever they end up drafting with the Ottawa pick probably isn't in Colorado next year, but the year after that, mm-hmm. and then <clears throat> you know, and 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 then you know, you have Martin Kaut probably joining the Avs next year as well. Who's the guy that I always forget about in all this? Right, right. And you know, maybe maybe Shane Bowers does too. Who who knows what's going to happen with Bowers? It's his. It's getting interesting with him, but. You know who know who knows what goes on there too, you know. Um, it's it's really just, and and again, like we don't know what's going to happen in the final twenty games, uh, twenty five games or so. If really, if because uh, if if Tyson Jost breaks out, I mean that totally changes their trajectory. Yeah, if, if he finally comes around to what everyone has been hoping or at least starts to show that he's going that way. It's yeah, it's a completely different ball game. Right. I mean, if he goes out and he finishes the season really strongly uh, and it looks like, Oh man, this is going to be a top six guy for realsies. Uh, then, you know, you, you can start to plan around that a little bit and maybe you're not just like, well, we'll see. Yeah. You know, um, and then UFA and all these other things. So I just don't think that they, regardless of their position right now, I just don't think they need to go big. I don't, I don't think it's smart to go big. Um, there isn't going to be any one player that changes who they are mm-hmm. uh, fundamentally. There's not one guy that's so that's that there's certainly one guy that's available anyway. Right. Um, that that's realistic for them to go out and acquire. That's going to be so good that, it's worth moving on from all those things. Like they, the abs woke up today in a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. It's been a disappointing way to get there. It's, it's a bummer that it looks like they're probably going to take a step back from the 95 point season, like a pretty good chance of that at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal was, Hey, make the postseason two years in a row. It's not something that the franchise has done in a long time. Mm-hmm. So they're still in a position where they can do that. But I think they have to be realistic about it. And it's not, it's, it's not time for that. I think free agency this year is when they should really start to make a serious move. Uh, take a look around the league. I think maybe the only notable move since we last talked on the pod, Charlie Coyle heads to Boston. Ryan Donato and a fifth round pick go back to the wild. Uh, thoughts on this. It's for me, it was a, uh, a much cheaper price to acquire Charlie Coyle than I thought. Uh, I'm, I was surprised. Um, cause I just don't think, um, super highly of Ryan Donato. He's fine. Um like I'm I you know like right, he's fine. 
you know, nine points in 34 games with the Bruins this year. Uh, he had that crazy start uh, where he scored a bunch of goals right away, right after signing um, uh, out of Harvard. You know, he had a really, really productive senior year. Um, sorry, junior year after at Harvard and <clears throat> signs with you know signs with Boston. Um. I, I, he's just okay to me. Um, I always felt like he got overrated a little bit. Um, well, he went to the just, Olympics just and had a decent tournament, and I think everyone. Uh, yeah, kind of I mean, he was he was really good in the Olympics on a really forgettable team, mm-hmm. and you know, and he stood out there, and he stood out at Harvard, and then he blew up with the Bruins early. Uh, he was, I know, he was good for the uh, the AHL team this year. I know he was productive down there, but. I, for me, I just thought, you know, 22 years old, um, guy turns 23 here in a month. You know, he's not done developing, but like, this is not a guy with like a four year window where you're like, you know, there's going to be a huge leap there. I'm just not, I'm just not sure with that. That's you know how good that deal is really depends on how how Donato ultimately ends up, um, you know. And with Charlie Coyle, what's weird is that he had started the year really hot for Minnesota, <clears throat> and he had had success. They'd moved him to center, uh, and he'd been playing center for them, and was was finding a lot of you know he he was a guy who had a, he was having good on ice results. Um, I honestly, I was impressed with him at center. Um, but I, you know, they haven't, they haven't been able to find centers forever in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's a guy that's absolutely going to be at his best when he's at wing. Um, I just, he's fallen off, uh, the last couple of years from the guy he was, you know, a few years ago where he was 40, 50 point guy. He was a 20 goal guy. Um, he just has not really come around the way that everybody thought he was going to, you know, he was like a big face of what Minnesota was doing when Parise and Suter signed there, you know, Coyle and Grandland and all those, like those were, those were the guys. And it just didn't, it, you know, for Grandland, it, he took a leap into a 60 point guy and Coyle never really kind quite got there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with him, he's on a cheap deal. He's a UFA uh, at the end of next year. He's a nice, he's a nice player. But like, I, hey, just saying this right now, if, if for whatever reason things don't work out for him in Boston um, and he, he stays as like a 35 to 40 point guy, you know, that's a guy that I, a big body guy that that's versatile. That's a dude that would make sense for the abs to pursue in free agency next summer. Yeah. But, you know, without, of course, looking at the roster and all the other things, but like I could easily see him being sort of like a Soderbergh type replacement, right? Yeah. So, um, and, you know, just six years younger. (laughs) Um, So it's, that's like, that's what it would be. Like, you know, they, they replaced Como with Calvert, you know, they just got more or less the same kind of guy. Mm Mm-hmm just got younger, the younger version of them. I think that would be a, a similar type thing they could do. Um, anyway, that's getting way ahead of it. 
the deal to me is it's all about Donato. I think the coil will fit in with the Bruins. It fits their style, uh, fits the need for them. And they didn't really have to give up a whole lot. Um, giving up, giving up Donato. I mean, maybe, maybe it comes back to haunt them. I, eh. yeah, I've watched, I've watched a lot of, uh, a lot of games that he's played in because there was so much hype on him. I was like, I gotta watch this kid. This is, this, this is, people had made him out to be like must see TV. And I just, he was just okay for me. I really was, I was always really underwhelmed by Donato. I, he's got talent though. It's, I mean, it's not like the guy's bad. I just, I don't know that he ever even gets to Charlie Coyle's level as an NHL player. And even if he does, if he only gets to Charlie Coyle's level, you know, I guess you got a younger, cheaper version of him and that's, that's fine. Right. But the team as a whole certainly isn't, that doesn't make Minnesota different in any way. Any last uh, trade deadline theories, predictions, rumblings that you've heard before we get out of here for the day? Well, Ottawa just lost to New Jersey. Uh, Oh, really? And yeah, and that matters because uh, New Jersey has now is now seven points up on Ottawa. So that's there's there's I keep talking about teams need to separate a little bit from Ottawa. Uh, Los Angeles is going to get run by Nashville tonight. And so they'll probably stay at three points back, but with 22 games left for Ottawa, they're going to be, it, it, they're starting to be a little bit of separation between, um, and Edmonton is winning right now. And so let's just make this wild prediction and say Edmonton follows through ah. and wins. All right. I, they're useless, man. I watched them against Arizona the other day. It's useless. But say Edmonton holds on and wins, they would be uh, seven points up on Ottawa as well. And that would be those, those you know, then you're talking three points to Los Angeles and six points to six points to Detroit. That's real. Like that's Ottawa and LA are going to be the two teams to watch down the stretch. If, some of these bad teams keep finding ways yeah. to win. And with Ottawa not playing uh, Duchesne, Dezingle, or Stone tonight, if that ends up continuing, if all three of those guys get dealt and they don't get significant NHL help back right away, Ottawa, their final 22 games, Ottawa may may not win five games the rest of the year. Wow. You know? Like, I'm looking at, I'm looking at them, oh, man, three points isn't very much, but – if they only say they only win five games the rest of the year, then that gets them at fifty nine points. Right. So they 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 did you know, break the forty eight point barrier, Avs fans. Right, yeah, as a, just just to remind everybody how impossibly <laughs> hard it is to have a forty eight point season. Yeah. I guess I guess Ottawa probably I think Ottawa would have given it a real run this year uh, had they not had Stone and Duchesne all year. Oh, I agree. I agree. But they did. <laughs> AJ, let's uh, let's go ahead and get out of here for today. Get this posted for everyone to hear. Oh, I'm so excited for Ottawa the rest I know, of the year. I know, it's going to be... Uh... Like, 22 games? I This sounds bad. I care way more about those 22 games um, than I do pretty much anything else going on around the league. Yeah, well, I mean, totally. Like, it's... it's, it's ev- well, like, what will be will be with the right. Yavs. And, and, but it's... 
like that playoff race, hey, they'll, they're either going to be in it or not. But this Ottawa thing, like we've been talking about Hughes and Kakao all year, and it's kind of just been like, yeah, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, twenty. There's now they have twenty two games left, and this thing's starting to get real. Well, that's that's what I was just gonna say. You know, last year when they when they tanked, not tanked. I mean, they did, but they didn't do it on purpose. Uh, you know, when they fell off, everyone was like, "Oh, well, maybe they'll let us." You know, they'll 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 let the Avs have the pick this year. It'll be a nice pick. It'll be fourth or fifth, or you know, it'll be really nice. And when they didn't, everyone started saying, "Ooh, well, next year, next year," and it's like. Yeah, I don't know. That's a long ways out. A lot can change. A lot can happen. But yeah, we're we're almost we're almost done. The season is over. The first week of April, we're almost done with February, and Ottawa is at the bottom of the league standings. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> to the point you were making earlier, that distance is really starting to make itself uh, prevalent. Uh, like I've said all along, get a top five pick, and this is amazing, mm-hmm. right? Especially and because you were when that pick first came over to the Avalanche, you were like, "Ah, eh, they'll get a late first rounder this year. That'll be nice. It'll be twenty second. Yeah, that'll overall. be really nice for the Abs to have an additional second rounder. They can do kind of whatever they want, or excuse me, an additional first rounder. They can do whatever they want with. But now you're looking at, at a really top heavy draft. And you're you're going to be right in there. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Absolutely, man. I mean, that's had it for the record. record, uh, Twenty-two last year was Key Andre Miller, and given my love of him, that would have been okay too. But, um, you know, this year we're talking like, hey, man, like if if they finish in the top two, they're guaranteed a top five Mm -hmm. pick. That gives them a realistic shot at Hughes, Kakao, and Bowen Byram. Who's the top? Who's the top D this year? Yeah. So, those are for me. Obviously, go listen to the draft pod. You'll know how I feel about it. But those are the three guys that I've earmarked and said these are the most important guys for Colorado. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. As you guys saw the other day, we are going to start dabbling into our draft coverage. As as we yep. the Avs have two. First round picks. We've uh Yeah. We've we've tried to push it out a little bit because you know the abs are obviously still in the thick of all this trade deadline and all that. But we had the conversation internally uh, about a week ago and we said, hey, even if the abs do make the playoffs, they have a pick that is gonna be important. We're gonna want to make sure that everyone's up to speed on on this year's draft class. So we are going to slowly start rolling those out. AJ and our our amazing co-worker, Andre Simone, uh, had that show for you guys, I believe, yesterday. I'm all lost on my days here. Yeah, put it up, yeah, put last, it up last night. night. But it's, uh, while, you're, while you're going through real work stuff, Andre will be joining there me for go. those. Uh, and then I expect when you're done with real work stuff here, whenever that is. Uh, that you'll probably take the reins from him for. The well, I, I talked to him today and said, "Hey, we want you on as many as possible because uh, I always, I always love to hear what Dre has to say." Uh, so, so maybe he'll even be joining us when, uh, when adult life stops interfering with all the cool stuff I try to do. <laughs> for AJ Hayfley, I'm Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast. 
presented by Total Beverage. Want to give a big shout out again to David and all of your Lance for taking time out to talk to us. Stay on top of BSN Denver, guys. We are going to be keeping you updated all weekend long as stuff happens. To AJ's point, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, we don't normally work on the weekends, but if something happens and, and we need to bring you guys a podcast because of a trade or something really noteworthy, you know we will have that for you guys ASAP. In the meantime, AD will have a show uh, out tomorrow, and the Abs will play two games. So keep an eye out for all of our written content as well. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. Dear sports fans, elevate your game to the next level with a Toyota truck. Drive the crowd favorite Tacoma. This versatile playmaker is ready to own the weekend. Choose the tailgating MVP, the Toyota Tundra. This is one vehicle that comes up clutch. Or ride in the adventurous 4Runner, a true champion on and off the road. Whichever truck you choose, you're getting a real winner. Come join the team of champions, Toyota Trucks. Visit toyota.com to learn more or check out your local Toyota dealership today. Toyota, let's go places.